0: Welcome along to another edition of Scoreline Extra with myself, Sinead Kyo. On the show today, we're going to be talking Greyhound racing, strong man competitors, camogie, soccer, and lots, lots more. But first, we're going to check in with our Greyhound expert,
1: Sheen. Well, it was the night of all nights, the perfect night indeed for all locally collected greyhounds last night, both in the sporting press, Irish Oaks, and also across the pond in the semi finals of the English Greyhound Derby. Let's start in Ireland, where we had the final of this year's sporting press. Irish Oaks. It was won by Raha Mofo, trained by Kilkenny Connections, Murt and his wonderful team, taking home the glory in this one. 28 14 o'clock, a phenomenal win coming from behind to beat Scooby Duchess by half a length. It was a phenomenal victory for Murt and, and his team and indeed of course the Malloy family from Galway who had people tuning in from all over the globe. We've seen images and videos from the United States of America where some of the Malloy family live of them watching and tuning into the race last night. Amazing scenes of celebration. Well done to the Malloy family and well done to Murt to Deirdre and all their magnificent team taking home this classic success. Rahamofo has been a revelation since beginning her career in A3 grade. Went back to A5, would you believe. Competed in an A5 sweepstack back in April and has progressed to become the top pitch in the country Taking home the glory In the Oaks 28.14 o'clock Phenomenal win Well done to the Malloy family Well done to the Leahy family I'm sure celebrations Will last for some time there It's a phenomenal Achievement for them To win the Sporting Press Irish Oaks And wonderful to see Locally connected greyhounds Doing so well Across the pond and toaster Well we mentioned it In our slot yesterday There was three Locally connected greyhounds From the kilkenny Carlow area Left in the 2022 English Greyhound Derby. We were at the semi-final stage last night. Three of them were in the one heat and all three qualified. A miraculous turn of events for locally connected Greyhounds. So wonderful to see. We were tuning in last night on Sky Channel 437 where we saw interviews with the likes of Susan Hennessy of course. Team Hennessy having a wonderful night with Hello Hammond and Priceless Jet emerging true to this year's final of the English Greyhound Derby prices Jet finishing second and Hello Hammond of course owned by the Meany family from Bagnellstown in Carlow and trained by Paul Hennessy from Goran and he has Priceless Jet and Hello Hammond making it true to this year's English Greyhound Derby final in the same heat Kildare which is trained by Mooncoin trainer Peter Cronin and his son Michael put in a phenomenal performance to take the glory in 29-16 and will go off short one of the sharp priced favourites for this year's 2022 English Greyhound Derby. So, three locally connected Greyhounds left in the semi-finals. And all three emerged. It was phenomenal to see it. Really, really overjoyed to see all of these make it through to the final. And best luck to Peter Cronin, to Paul Hennessy, to the Meany family. And all connections of our Kilkenny-Carrow Greyhounds in next week's final of the English Greyhound Derby. And well done to Myrtleahey and his wonderful team taking home the glory in the 2022 sporting press irish hawks and a huge amount of prize money for all connections as well well done to all us. we look forward to a cracking english greyhound derby final next saturday night in toaster across the pond of course you can tune in on sky channel 437 and we hope to see the kilkenny cardo roars if one of our locally connected greyhound are lucky enough to win one of the most prestigious competitions in the world so best of luck to all and well done to Team lie
0: The angry young man Robbie Dowling made his way down to the strongman competition on Saturday and he caught up with some of the competitors
2: here at the Republic of Ireland Strongest Man at Davy Jones Fitness being held Today at Davy Jones Fitness, as I said on, on Saturday, and a nice Bammy day in Kilkenny I'm here joined
3: by Nikki Whelan, who won today's first event. Nikki, congratulations on winning the first event. Were you happy with your performance? Yeah, happy enough with the performance. Um, I'm pretty good at that event, so I was kind of half expecting to win, but yet still you can't rule out any other competitors. Davy is there, very very good competitor and very good at the tire flip as well. But it takes a lot more than strength with that event, as you've probably seen. It's a lot of endurance as well, like so, and you have to be very fired up. Those tires are. 400 kilos in weight and if you give them too much respect it won't end up good for you When you're coming into a competition like this you said that maybe you were expectant of going
2: well in the first event. How important is it that you set your stall out early and that you do set a foundation in place going on to
3: later events? The first event is huge. Um, If you can win the first event you can kind of dictate what you need to do throughout the competition because now the second event will be the tired uh, truck bull. I'll be outlasting that so i know exactly what I need to do and so on and so on. That's the way it kind of operates.
2: How much of a bonus is that being last, getting to see how the other people involved go and then
3: maybe assessing things and you know adapting to what they've done. It's huge because you will see a lot of inexperienced competitors coming in and they'll give one hundred and ten percent on every single event. The advantage to going out last is you don't have to really blow a gasket if you don't have to. So you only literally do what you have to do to stay ahead of the posse as such. Tom Stallman done it at World's Strongest Man this year and he ended up winning the event by 11 and half pints in the final where he was just cruising in second place right up to the last event and then on he went. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a massive advantage but it's very tactical as well like from top to bottom. Like you can't just come in and think you're going to just blitz the whole field. It's a thinking man's game as well, you know. That's interesting because I think it's
2: not what a lot of people would associate with. A strong man, I suppose we just look at the events and think you go do as
3: best as you can, and see where you finish at the end. But the tactical side of things is crucial when you're at this elite level, isn't it? It's huge, it's huge. And it's what they say like to win an event, you get 10 points, to come second, you get nine. So, I mean, if you know that you are so far ahead of another competitor who's in second place, you'll only do what you have to do to get ahead. Like, you're not going to win any special trophies for beating, winning the thing by 10 points or one point, it's the same thing. And looking forward to this afternoon's events now, what's what ones do you think maybe you're
2: strong at and what ones do you think you'll have to maybe try and just do your best at and make sure that you're
3: still in the running? I will be strong, um, the trot pole here, I'll be strong with stones. Um, I will be looking at placing mid-table on the dumbbell and then I'll do what I have to do on the deadlift hold. And... Just for yourself, your own career. You said that you're. I spoke to you just before the interview,
2: and you said that you're in the UK three or four times. Um, is your hope now to try and go on? I know you've never actually won this. Won this event? Is your hope to really just go on, and try and win it this year? Simple as that.
3: Yeah. This is uh, this competition means a massive amount to me here today. It's my dad's ten-year anniversary of his death yesterday. So I'd like to honour to him to do this. Uh, i done this competition today after he died 10 years ago and I play second to Kilkenny's James Fenley and I would like to go on one further and win it Well that, that was great to hear and obviously we wish you the very best of luck with that uh, Just before I let you go
2: um, just the event generally, you, you said that means a lot to you. Just for strongman in general, to see
3: the crowd out here today, how important is it to try and grow the sport? It's huge. This sport, this sport is only scratching at the surface at the moment. You go to England and you're going to get ten thousand fans in an arena watching this, and that's what we aim for here as well. And there's no reason why we can't do it.
2: Well, Nicky, the very best of luck with the later events this afternoon, and thanks for talking to me today. Thank you very much. I'm here with Jordan Glover at the Republic of Ireland's Strongest Man. Jordan has just pulled the truck. It was something to behold, to say the least. Jordan, how difficult was that? Really hard. With tiny hands like me, it's really hard to hold on to it. So it is. And um, for, for people that obviously can't witness it, it was incredible to see uh, what weight is this truck and,
4: and how difficult is it to actually pull it? Yeah, so the truck's eight tonnes and um, you can only use your arms. It's basically just how hard you can grip it and. Use your back and uh, arms just to pull the truck. It's really tight, like. Obviously, it's in the
2: name itself. In the Strongest Man. It requires a hell of a lot of strength, to say the least. But endurance-wise, I can see now you're kind of out of breath. You're just immediately after pulling the truck. Do you need a lot of endurance for this too, don't
4: you? Yeah. So, if you're moving like heavy, really heavy weights, you're usually doing it for 60 seconds. So you have to work not only your body but the weight of the truck for 60 seconds. So it's long and hard. It really is difficult, and for yourself, I know this is your first big event. How have you been finding it? Yeah, it's uh, really exciting and a bit nerve-wracking at the same time. Um, I was so nervous coming up here today to compete in it, but all the lads are good and good crack, so sort of settle down a wee bit, get the first event out of the way.
2: How important is that sort of sense of community because there is a great crowd here today but I suppose everyone would know everyone because it is such a small sport does that kind of make you you know, ease the nerves as much because it is obviously
4: such a huge moment for yourself in your career Yeah, um, with everyone there's a co- good community of everyone and we all try and push each other because we know how much it takes to put your body through the things we put ourselves through so um, we just make each other work harder and try and get the best out of everyone and it as a the sport then and um, make them things heavier and faster as years go on and I spoke to Davy Jones and Nicky
2: Whelan who will be at the top of their, their, their game I suppose at this stage and um they mentioned sort of the need to promote the sport you just alluded to it there how important are events like this to continue to promote the sport throughout the wider
4: country yeah so obviously over in the mainland um, strongman's starting to get really big Um, and it would be nice to see it in uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland as well where I'm from um, to see it get really massive because it is a spectacular sport and a good spectator sport you know there's not every day you see a guy moving a truck with his arms just you know, it's uh, or like the likes of big atlas stones concrete balls like 108 kilos like not an everyday guy can do that
2: Yeah I must say it's the first time ever to be at a strongman competition in person and it really is an incredible view and for anyone that, like you say it really is a spectator sport um, a number of events coming up now Jordan what are the ones that you think you can really have a, a proper go at and what are the
4: ones maybe where you'll have to be a bit more pragmatic uh, well, first, the first event i done was a tyre flip and I tore my bicep. So um, we've got a circus dumbbell next. Um, I hope it goes okay because I use the arm that I tore my bicep in. But it'll be Atlas Stones and Car Deadlift after that. And I'm aiming for good numbers now and in the tyre flip you mentioned there that you tore your bicep it's incredible to see that you're
2: still continuing you've just pulled the truck like I said with the torn bicep makes it all the more impressive how does that affect your performance do you have to kind of adapt and maybe try and avoid using that bicep as much or do you just go forward with it and maybe suffer the consequences later in the day yeah well
4: I mean there's a lot of good uh, videos and stuff out there now so just go hard at it for the rest of the day and Hopefully, get us sorted at of the start of the week. <laughs> well, Jordan, the very best of luck with the remaining events, and thanks very much for speaking to me today. No bother, thank you very much.
2: I'm here with Jamie McNamara at the Republic of Ireland Strongest Man being held at Davy Jones Fitness. Jamie has just pulled the truck; it was
5: an incredible thing to see. Jamie, how are you feeling after that? Absolutely shattered, man. <laughs> I gave it absolutely everything I have. so close to finishing. Just gonna try to rest up now and get through the next three events, and hopefully I can qualify. It really was an incredible effort that you put in. Something that a
2: lot of the people have been speaking about here—that kind of know their strongman. I've said once the truck stops, it
5: becomes very, very difficult to stay going. Is that something that you found there? A hundred percent, man. Once the once that inertia stops, it's so difficult to get the momentum going again. And you're just making it so much harder for yourself than if you keep a constant steady pace throughout the whole pool. For people that are unsure, um, obviously you're just immediately
2: finished the the truck pull. When does it become, I I presume it's very difficult right from the off, but when does it become incredibly tough to stay going and to keep that momentum going?
5: Because obviously, as we've seen with everyone here today, it kind of does die off as you go on. When fatigue sets in and you have like maybe 10, 15 metres left, it starts to get really, really hard. It becomes less of how strong you are and kind of more of how mentally tough you are. That's something that um, a lot of people have alluded to The mental
2: toughness here how, how important is that to be kind of right in your head As well as right physically going into events
5: like these That are just excruciatingly painful Physically and mentally It's such a hard sport that if your not, head isn't in it you're kind of, Your mind will Tell your body what to do And once your brain goes that's it, you're done like. And just generally the, Obviously the
2: tyre the tire shove there Earlier on was the first event Now the, the truck pull
5: How have you been fighting the events today? Um, I've kind of trained really hard for all of them the past six weeks, but obviously it's kind of different on the day, but I'm just giving it everything I have and that's all I can do. How, how do you go about preparing for, for an event like this, Jamie?
2: Does it start at a specific time with specific dietary purposes and, and obviously training, or is it just about kind of doing your normal routine and then maybe, you know, open it a bit closer to
5: the event? For me, I kind of do three days of just regular weight training in the gym. And on the weekends, I go to one of my friend's gyms and we practice this specific strongman event stuff. So we'll do like three or four strongman events that will mimic exactly what we're trying to do on the day and slowly but surely you know, over the weeks we'll start at like a baseline strength and work our way up to the weight of the events so when it comes to the day then your body isn't really shocked by um, what you're asking it to do with so many events and so little recovery time after an event like this, the, the truck pull, as, as I
2: can see now, you're, you're kind of out of breath at the moment. How difficult is it to go again? Do you just kind of recover quite quickly because of all the training that's gone into it? Or is it mentally very, very draining?
5: I think mentally it's really hard to recover from but we've trained so hard to get here in the first place and our bodies are kind of used to having to recover really quickly and our cardiovascular system would be like at a really high end compared to other strength sports like powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting and
2: for people that wouldn't maybe um, have a lot of information at hand about strongman what are the dietary requirements heading into an event like this is it about kind of you know, carb loading and eating as much calories as possible or is there a lot more to it than that a lot more fine tuning
5: you kind of obviously you're going to need a whole lot of calories to keep going for your for your body to do what you're asking it to do you're going to need like it, it just kind of depends on every guy and I know myself at the minute I'm taking in probably like 7 or 8 thousand calories every day because And just you're asking so much of your body, and it needs those nutrients to kind of recover the muscle. And other than that, just a lot of water, supplements, diet and train your ass
2: <laughs> off and just before I let you go Jamie and thanks very much for speaking to me today uh, the next events
5: coming up this afternoon what are your hopes for them for the dumbbell press I'm kind of a really tall guy so I'm not really expecting to do as well as some of the shorter guys but if I can get three four reps it will keep me in a good place because I have better events to come like the Stones and the Car Hold and hopefully I'll be in a position where I can qualify for the final. Jamie, the very best of luck with the next events, and thanks very much for talking to me. No problem, man. thank you.
2: I'm here with Davy Jones at the Republic of Ireland's Strongest Man being held at
6: Davy Jones Fitness today. Davy, a wonderful event yeah great event now we, we after starting there with the tyre tr- uh, flip Nikki just after winning the tyre flip and we're going on to the truck point now next so first event is out of the way and that's the hardest one everyone's nerves are settled now and now it's time to push on for people that wouldn't be sure of the events could you
2: describe the tire flip that was the first event that you said you'd done today what is it like for for people that maybe wouldn't be
6: um, as accustomed to strongman as you would be so if you imagine a big tire that's on the back of a dumper it's uh, 400 kilos it's six foot tall and has to be flipped over a 20 meter course um, so, yeah, it's, it's a very, very hard, whole body exercise. And how far are we into
2: it now, David? It's obviously one o'clock in the day. Um, how much more events are there to go and how many have you
6: partook in so far? So that was just the first event, so we have four more to go now after this and then we'll find out who the winner is. And for yourself, um, how have you been finding it? Yeah, that's, that tyre flip is not my best event, so ha- i like, happy to have that on my way. And, um, so it's be a bit easier from here on in now, hopefully. And to be hosting an event like this, it obviously is, you know, an incredible day. There's a large crowd here. Um, how proud are you to be able to host such a, such a big event? Yeah, it's great to bring Strongman to, to the south because usually it's uh, mostly a Northern Ireland thing and the All-Ireland is in Limerick now this year. So with the Republic of Ireland Strongest Man and all Ireland Strongest Man in the south this year, I'm really happy to do that now and hopefully we can push harder and get more people from the Republic of Ireland involved in the sport how important is that
2: you've alluded to it a couple of times when we've spoken to you across our range of programmes on KCLR about getting more people involved do you think events like this are crucial in doing that
6: exactly yeah I was in the UK two weeks ago there competing and uh it was just massive, like you know the crowds over there is crazy towards here, so we want to push it hard now and get the, the crowds that we need here and get the people involved we need The more crowds we get, the more people involved, the more athletes we can get into it like you know there 's a lot of people out there that are very strong and fit that might not know the sport, and once we expose the sport a bit more, we can get those people into it. How much potential do you see in the sport? Because
2: it seems to be growing all the time. As I said, uh, the crowd here today is brilliant to see. D- do you think that there is massive potential, not just in the long term, but also in the short term, to get, as you say, a lot of fit people involved
6: in strongman? Exactly. Yeah. The the whole gym scene is only kind of starting to kick off in Ireland the last few years. So we want to push hard with now and get more people involved because, like, this whole gym scene is only starting to waken up in Ireland. While in the UK and America and all these big countries, um, it's been going with the last ten, fifteen years. Years, it's been more popular now so it's opening your eyes now to you to know to what's out there more than field sports or your team sports and these strength sports are are becoming more popular as we go along.
2: And for yourself you're obviously an elite strongman up there with the best in, in the country uh, could you maybe name other names that people would be unsure of who, who is the kind of main competitors when it comes to strongman
6: in the Republic of Ireland well Killian Groom did very well he was over at UK strongest man there two weeks ago and he, he made the final um, Nicky Wheel here beside me He he's been in multiple UK strongest man uh, finals and has been second in Ireland uh, a few years back and he, he's done many international competitions so Nicky would be the most experienced person here by far and uh, just after winning the first event so it was a great start for him and going forward now obviously you were in the UK last week how did that go for you yeah it went well it was my first time there so happy enough with how it went um, made me really want to push hard now for next year and get back there again and be a lot better now next year
2: And just going back to growing the sport What do you feel is necessary Not just from inside Strongman But maybe from the powers that be To help grow the sport Is finance a crucial part
6: of it? Yeah exactly Sponsorship is a big thing While in the UK It's very easy to get sponsorship A lot of athletes are financially sponsored And unfortunately there's none of that here um, there is a lot of good sponsors out there I'm very lucky to be sponsored by uh, Quinn Motors and supplied uh, a brand new car so it's, that's the best sponsorship I think in Ireland at the moment so I, I'm, I'm over, over the moon with that and all the guys in Quinn Motors have really really helped me out the last two years That's
2: great to hear and just before I let you go Davy, what have we got to look forward to now later on this
6: evening and going into the uh, afternoon and the later events So next we have the truck pull after that we have uh, dumbbell lift so the dumbbell has to be from the ground overhead with one hand and then after that then we have a deadlift hold so we're going to be lifting two cars and then we're all going to be lifting then atlas stones big stone globes at the end
2: well, best of luck we're lifting the two cars anyway Davey, and thanks very much for talking to me today thank you robbie
0: On Scoreline on Saturday, we heard from Carlo football manager Niall Carew as he reflected on the campaign in 2022.
7: Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. Now, I'm delighted to be joined on the line. We're normally talking about upcoming matches or reviewing previous matches, but there is a bit of a break now between the Carlos Senior Footballers ending their campaign and starting the next one. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by a man who's always been so considerate with his time with us here at KCLR, the Carlos Senior Football Manager, Niall Carew. Niall, how are you doing, sir? All good, Shane.
8: All good, thanks.
7: Uh, Looking back on the year how would you assess it now that it's all over?
8: Yeah look I I suppose it's it's always how you finish at the end of the year um, which gives you good confidence going in for the following year. Um, Yeah I I would say we were always improving even though results never merge the same thing as we knew what was happening in the training field and even in matches people tend just to look at at the scoreline at the end of it but we knew with the young group uh, a lot of the guys were, were making their they boozed in a lot of games this year. Uh, it was their first season. We knew they were getting better and better. it have been a massive shift. Um, and I suppose it all goes well for next year. But overall, the league was at the point in the results end of it. But at the same time, we put in massive performances. The only game we didn't perform in, I suppose, Shane, was the Sligo match. And yeah. In fairness, we were very depleted going up there with COVID, etc. Uh, and suspensions. Um, so, you know, you could take excuses from that. Um, but yeah, generally I, I felt the season was good. Um, you know, I, I felt the whole county was getting behind us. Um, even for the Tipperary game, I thought the county board did a great job in you know getting people behind us and getting uh, people on seats, etc. And there was a great atmosphere there, and I suppose that carried on then for the following week against Tip or against Westmead. Um, but yeah, overall we've blooded a hell of a lot of uh, young players who'll only get better. Um, and yeah, no, I, I thought it was a solid season. Uh, it was more, uh, I suppose, laying down foundations going forward.
7: And you mentioned there that maybe results don't always tell um, how good that you have been doing. And there's no better example than that, I think, than the Westmeath match in itself. You know, there was a very admirable performance put in. There was uh, two goals before the break and everything for Carlo, even though despite the result, and that's what maybe people might see the headlines, the performance was really there against them.
8: Yeah, and I, I think it was in most games this year, Shane, uh, every game we played, even challenge games we played, um, you know, the lads just gave absolutely everything. And we knew was a group we were improving. Um, and like, you know, we have to take consideration, you know, Tipperary area, Division Three team now, um, we went and beat them. And Westmead, and think, we just missed out in score difference to get up to Division II. Um And we're, I suppose, along with Tipper, second favourites to win the Talchin Cup. So we know where we're at. Uh, we know we have to keep, I suppose, striving to improve and, and to make sure we get up to rank and order, which is obviously get to Division 3 and try and win that Talching Cup. And, and that's where we're at at the moment and get a good run in Denster. But yeah, I, I think just keeping the group together is very important. Um, you know, and I mean keeping that group together, whoever's in charge for four, five, six years and make sure that they have all the right preparation and that they're not falling behind each year. You know, because generally what happens with teams in Division 4 is that there's a drop off every year and you're playing catch up every year. You're starting from scratch. So the teams that stay together uh, for long periods, that, that nucleus uh, of, of that group, if they stick together, uh, you know, in three, four, five years, you'll see a really, really solid team.
7: That's exactly what your captain, Dara Foley, said as well after the West Mee game, that you just need everyone to commit to continue to progress. In. And then once you get that experience, I know the tip game, a bit of a slow start, the West Mee game, a bit of a slow start, but all that comes down then next year, the year after, the year after, not allowing that to happen again.
8: Yeah, no, you're 100%, Shane. And, and Darren knows he's been on the panel for 11 or 12 years. You know, And we lost some massive experienced players, you know, like Sean Gannon, Obviously, played with Cara. And, I mean, Sean is not finished yet. We're hoping that he'll come back next year. Just was nursing a hell of a lot of injuries this year. But he's back playing club football. So, you know, he would be hoping to get that experience back. Um, along with, with with other lads within the county as well. But the group that we have at the moment, um, you know, they're really, really young. Uh, they're babies, in fact, when it comes to Central County football. Um, you could be looking at 22 or three lads, you know, only their first or second year. Uh, on a county panel, so they will get better and better, and I'm talking with the Bambricks, you know, two young lads that are now your senior players and they're only 22 and 23 so, you know, that, that's what we have and, you know, <clears throat> missing place of Jordan Morrissey and Darrow Bryan. their experience even though Jordan's only a young fella mm. um, you know, he needs to get better and he will get better for Carlow um, like his massive potential Daryl Bryan, who I always said is the most underrated player in Carlo, but we're missing them two big players Uh, for that big game against Westmead, And I think that's what found us out, that experience near the end. But um, at the end of it, uh, Shane, it's all about, it's our job to make sure and these months, like it's not just that you sit back and relax. These are the most important months for for a management team to make sure that you've all your ducks in a row before training starts. That You're keeping that group together. You're making sure that, you know, that their S&C work is still up to date, that they're not falling behind in that. And at the same time, you have to be very respectful to the clubs as well. So that's that's where we're at. Um, and, you know, it's our job to make sure that we are hitting the ground running when we go back in November. Um, and, and that's, I suppose, that's, that's my job.
7: And uh I'm kind of like a person. Though. You mentioned the league campaign and, you know, the performances that were being put in. Um, unfortunately, the results weren't there. As a manager, do you ever doubt yourself in that situation? I, I manage a Division 2 soccer team and we lost a cup final there the other end and the, 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 the sense of doubt in your head should I play played this lad, should I have done this should I have done that differently had that ever crept in? Did you ever start second guessing yourself during the league campaign or were you always committed to knowing what you were doing was ultimately going to turn up performances against the likes of Tipperary, Westmead and then beyond?
8: Yeah, look, you you never think you're right anyway. That's that's the first thing after every game, and you know I suppose you, you always say to yourself that you know you're not losing, you're learning all the time, um, and I suppose the motto I always say is that if we're winning, that's great, but if you lose, that you need to learn uh, and just get that losing mentality out of your head. Okay, what can we learn from the last game, and and bring that forward for the next one? And um, yeah, and I I think it's important to. Uh, to always challenge yourself and and listen to the people that you have beside you. Um, losing the final is is uh, as you lost there, Shane. It's the same principles, whether it's the Division Two soccer or a Junior B football match, whatever it is. It's the same principles. When you lose a final, uh, you you'll always have regrets because you can't go and play that final again. Whereas a league campaign, you can really go and uh, try and put it right to next step. Um So yeah, look, I think you always have to challenge yourself. You always have. I'm very lucky. Have a very, very good management team. um, And I'll be adding to that again this year. Um, But just to keep challenging, to keep you on your toes um, and to make sure that everyone is is, is going down the right road also. So, uh, yeah, um, I wouldn't be second-guessing myself, but I'd always be challenging myself. I I think it's important that you you keep challenging yourself. And, yeah, you can lose confidence when you're losing games, but um, at the end of it, you know your experience should come true, um, and and you've you know I've been in that situation before as a manager, uh, and you know, when you work very very hard, and the group is working hard that it will come right. And I suppose that's 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 the solace you take from from um, you know I suppose when you do get a beating in a league match or whatever.
7: And I suppose the connection as well with the, the county as a whole, we've seen it there with Networks, the Park, you had the two home games and it, it just seemed like there was a real connection between this young team now and supporters and hope going into next campaign.
8: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, people that were at them games know that uh, Cardo are, are certainly, that we are certainly in the right path, and we're trying to improve and that we're working very hard and that we're giving it absolutely everything. And that's all any supporter wants when you go to a match that you want the team you're supporting to give it absolutely everything. And then the result generally takes care of itself. And if it doesn't, well then you know, you've know you died in your boots and that's it. Uh, people are generally, generally very happy with that. Uh, but there, there's a massive appetite for football in Carlo. You can feel it. You can feel it in the last two games. Uh, they really want to get behind the team uh, that's working very hard and that's successful and that's that's our job to make sure we're that team so like I mean we're we're going to give it absolutely everything these couple of months are so important as I said Shane Uh, this is not about sitting back this is about keep driving the whole thing on for next year and the management will be very busy in the next few months believe it or not making sure that uh, we have all our ducks in a row come November
7: and come November, then what's the focus going to be? When we had you on the Clash Act before, you know, you said you were big in a big man for the championship as opposed to the league. Has that changed at all? Uh, uh, is the focus going to be more in the league, or are you still kind of sticking to your guns and saying championship is what's important?
8: Yeah, I think every game you play is very important, um, but obviously the last game is always your championship game, which is always the most important game. Um, and you know, it's probably something that a mentality that I I need to change a small bit because all the teams I've known will generally finish well because you know I do believe the championship is the most important competition for any team Um, but at the same time we want to get up the leagues uh, we will be making sure that we're in good state in terms of that we're fresh going into play the league matches that um, you know we're injury prevention etc but I, I think what Handicapped this last year really was with maybe six lads then Sigerson, so the first three league games lads were out in their feet, yeah, um, and that cost us big time. Um, I know we'd probably have half that this year, maybe. So you're hoping that, you know, that you, it would, would be brilliant to be in a position that you don't have to play the six lads, you know, but we've no choice, um, and and it's very hard in the bodies, um, and I, I'm very very lucky to have an excellent S&C coach in Claire Nolan and. Gary Nolan's their physio, they're they're top men. I, I've worked with um, and played under the best S&C coaches in, in in the country in GA terms, and I have to say that Karen Nolan is right up there, if not if not the top. I mean, he's so professional what he does. Uh, Gary likewise in the physio department, but they really want Tara to win, and their job, I suppose, uh, along with ourselves, is to make sure that our lads are good and fresh uh, leading into these league games and that we're at the right pitch. Um, so it's very careful that we don't overdo it in and, and overtraining, etc. So the load on the players, uh, Gary and Ciarán, have a really close identity with the players and they have a close connection because they played with them um, and they're friendly with some of them as well. Um, but to really push them hard and to know when to pull them back as well. So, yeah, there's all of that, Shane. But our job is to get out of Division 4. We know that as well. I mean, we we beat the team already that got promoted this year in Tipperary. We beat them in the Championship game, So we know we know we can beat any team in that division uh, next year. But it's just to make sure that we we have everything spot on going into every game. And that, that can require a bit of luck as well in terms of injuries and suspensions and maybe lads not getting sick leaving into a game of COVID, etc., so there's all them different things that have to go your way but it's our job to make sure that uh, we have the lads in good shape for that league and obviously the league will, will will be a massive part of our year next year.
7: Well Niall uh, finally just before we go the Carlos Senior Hurling Championship started up which usually means when that's over the football championship started up. Will you be keeping a close eye close eye on that? Uh, Airog no doubt looking for retribution over Rathvili any kind of ideas on who you might see being a bit of a surprise package in the championship?
8: Yeah, it's it's you know it's funny no one would have got Raphaely a chance like they were I suppose really really hot favourites and rightly so leading the championship last year but you know championship is, is especially when it comes to quarterfinal, semi-final stage uh, you can see the top teams you know it's in Rylan will probably get in the last eight this year again and maybe they're hoping for a push um, the likes of uh, Raphaely will always be there uh, Palatine uh Kieran Moore is back this year, so he'll certainly add something to them. Um yeah, a will obviously be favourites. Uh but Ratville are not far off and um, you know, when you have Connor Dial, Dara Horn, you know, lads like that, Josh Moore, Robbie and goals, you know, and then you still have Brendan Murphy playing. They still have big, big players there. And uh, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised um you know, to see Ratbilly and Nero fighting it out again and it will be very, very close to call. But I think it's between them two teams,
7: to be honest. Niall, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for all the nice moments throughout the year and chatting with us throughout the year. and No doubt we'll be on to you again uh, very, very soon to have a talk about everything and how preparations are going. But uh, thanks so much for your time. Have a great day, sir.
8: No bother, Shane. Just look, on behalf of the team as well, I'd like to thank you for all your support. Um, and especially when things weren't going well for us you stuck with us uh, and especially your commentary team uh, with, with, with Brendan etc I mean you've been excellent to us and uh, just we're very encouraging to all the players and anything we can do will certainly uh, help you out as much as we can because you're promoting Carlo football um, when things weren't going well and then when it starts to go well it was, I was just thrilled for everyone in Carlo and especially yourselves who are very supportive of us and just thank you for that as well
7: well it's a very important to us here in KCLR Niall thanks so much for your kind words and it's been a pleasure getting to follow your journey so far and long may it continue thank you thank you very much ladies and gentlemen Niall Carew Cardinal Senior Football Manager lots more still to come here on Scoreline stick around
0: we also spoke to Kilkenny District League stalwart Jack Points about his new role as a soccer commentator
7: Joining me here is a stalwart of the Kilkenny and District League who is dipping his toe into the online world of soccer commentary. Jack points from the United Community Channel
9: joins me. Jack, how are you doing, sir? Not too bad, Shane. Thanks for having me.
7: Uh, Jack, before we get into all the transfer hullabaloo, and there has been a lot of it and there's going to continue being a lot of it, it is silly season after all. The United Community Channel in itself, we see the likes of Mark Oldbridge. He talks about Manchester United a lot and he is getting a big voice within the community. You see the likes of Jamie Carragher, Gary Neville, sitting down having chats with fans the market is really open to have a fan's voice be heard
9: yeah absolutely and you know there's a lot of them popping up lately and you know they're getting stronger and stronger as time goes on i think the platforms that are maybe allowing fans to do this are mainly streaming platforms the likes of your youtubes tiktoks uh, twitch things like that where fans can actually get out there get their voice out and basically very quickly get a following of people who maybe agree or disagree with them. So it certainly is a, a, a strong time for fans to get their voice out there. So what is
7: the actual mechanics of your channel then I suppose with the no games going
9: on are you still producing content is there still lots to talk about Yeah so I'm basically I'm basically doing the transfer news uh, as much as I possibly can at the time I I have an 11 month old daughter at the moment so she does take up a lot of time but yeah I mean United are never short of stories in the news and being linked with players and things like that so basically on the off season that's what I'm doing I'm trying to get as much content out there as possible in terms of who Manchester United might sign who should sign and just general you know transfer news and overall news about the club in general
7: So you really have to kind of invest yourself within the inner workings of the club you're talking to various people about what is happening at the club from your understanding then this whole huge want for Frankie De Jong (laughs) he seems to be the golden goose that is going to be the man to unlock Eric Ten Hag's revolution what do you make of that?
9: Well, I I think it's typical of United. I mean, six years ago we made a big marquee signing in Paul Pogba and we see how that turned out, you know. And I think Manchester United this season are going to... Well, we do need a massive rebuild. There's talks of seven to eight, maybe even ten players that are going to leave. So for Manchester United to be going out and banking on one major signing, I don't think is really going to work. I think we need quantity more so than quality obviously you do need quality in in the squad Uh, Frankie de Jong is a fantastic player but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be hanging my hat on him as as a singular signing you know we obviously do need more uh, in the transfer window and I think Manchester United fans do get a bit obviously we've we've kind of been burnt over the last 10 years and overpaying for players and you know maybe not going about things the right way and you know I think maybe once the first signing comes through the door if it tends to be you know if it's going to be De Jong, if it's timber if it's anthony whoever it is i think maybe that'll settle the nerves a little bit and we can we can just kick on but i certainly do think we need a lot more than frankie de jong
7: why do united then seem to focus on these marquee signings when you look at the likes of brentford and they bring in Olly Watkins then they sell him on for big money and then they bring in ivan tony and then you look at brighton have something similar there as well yeah, Cucurella came in for small money they're looking at a 15 million profit lester what an example in goala kante danny drinkwater mares all going out the door harry maguire going out the door yeah. for huge money and making that profit Mm. because is it because that they're playing these teams that are allowed to excel and
9: they wouldn't be able to excel in the Manchester United team well I I think basically what it is is, and I think I think we missed a massive step in letting Rania go because Ranik basically is good at getting young players in on maybe their first or second contract, mm. and you look at say the likes of Brucey at Dortmund who do it brilliantly, where they get young players in, likes of Erling Haaland for example, in under the radar on his first contract to make a name for him and then sell him on at a profit, and that's their whole business model. Abamyang, Sancho, Jude Bellingham goes on, yeah, it's unbelievable. And obviously, you know, it, the fact that United let let Ranić go, and we've seen the spin that you know he wanted to leave and he wanted. To concentrate on. was on the wall when he took that Austria job. Yeah, I think it was. And I think maybe he was, if you're asking me personally, I think he was basically pushed out of the club. And that was his whole um, format in terms of getting young players in, develop, developing them, and then maybe turning them into world class players. And United not needing to sell players, you know, can then, if you're looking at a long game, can have a, a, a solid squad in maybe two, three, four years down the line. Why are United
7: then, because we've seen it then where the likes of Diallo came in and Palestri came in and they're not getting a chance to flourish. Is it because it is this mammoth, huge Manchester United machine that if they were at a Brighton, and we've seen Moises Caicedo go to Brighton instead of Manchester United, if they were at a smaller club, they'd get the
9: chance to flourish? Yeah, I think Manchester United are trying to cover all angles, really. And it's it seems to be something that they've done under the old... Um, maybe ruling of Manchester United the Ed Woodward reign and things like that where you know rather than spending big money on a marquee signing you know if they can get young players in and develop them maybe at another club you know certainly that is an option but I think it also goes back to the fact that Maybe their academy isn't as strong as it used to be, because Manchester United were always renowned at producing young players and bringing them through into the first team. And there's been very little of it. Mar- Mar- Marcus Rashford, maybe the last one. Obviously, we had uh, Alanga, yeah, Alanga, Mason Greenwood, things like that. But you know, to the same extent that we used to have it, I don't think it's there. And you know, I, that's the only way I could look at it, really. Well, when you look at academies, if, if you get one or two players out of an academy, you're doing well. Scott McTominay,
7: another one as well. Yeah. Uh, still questions been. Asked asked about him but you're looking at the United Academy now you have Charlie McNeil who by all accounts and I'm not going to lie I don't watch a lot of uh, yeah. under 21s <laughs> but uh, I watched that final uh, Garnacho had a very good game he yeah. seems to be quite promising you have Alvaro Fernandez on the left who seems to be someone who likes just running at people Eaton Lard who was on yeah. loan last season he seems a lot of people seem to be get- calling to get him in the side because Wambasaka hasn't worked out yeah from your understanding of United is there players within that setup now but has there been investment in that infrastructure and finally we're going to start reaping the benefits of it
9: well I certainly hope so I think the talent is there but what we've seen over the last maybe 10 years or so obviously since Sir Alex Ferguson left was more so buying players than bringing young players through and developing them without a doubt the the talent is there within the Manchester United Academy but they need game time with the first team to develop any further now I think Ten Hag being brought in as a manager is renowned in improving young players and working with young players so is that a ploy for Manchester United to not have to spend as big in the transfer window maybe 2-3 years down the line I mean the talent is certainly there it's just getting game time and I think Ten Hag maybe is the manager to give him that, that time
7: uh, speaking of Brighton they lost 4-0 but they're the opening game now of the Premier League you always go in with this blind optimism going into the Premier League we did it last season we had Sancho we had Ronaldo you know it was going to be the best season ever yeah. it turned out to be the worst season live in living memory for Manchester United fans our age anyway yeah. at least uh, I, I won't pretend that I was around the 70s or 80s <laughs> uh, during that lull but uh, uh, Brighton coming up they have Liverpool within the first few fixtures our as game, well yeah. it's going to tell a lot within the first few games because one slip up
9: as Liverpool can attest to can cost you a league absolutely absolutely and you know I think the first five fixtures are actually quite tough obviously we have Brighton who are very well organised under Potter and then Brentford you know are coming in you would expect them not to have a second season syndrome like a lot of clubs had. They had an unbelievable season last year, but they have a very good manager and they're very well organized and hard to break down. Manchester United's problem has been over the last few years is breaking teams down who sit back. They can and do allow- the counter-attack very well. Exactly, you know. So uh, and then obviously we have Liverpool third game of the season. Uh, it's obviously it's it's early doors for, for Ten Hag coming in to, to be playing against Liverpool. Obviously with you know, if if you're asked My heart, I would say, United, but my head, you have to go with Liverpool. So I think it's going to take time. I think the sooner we can get signings in, I would like to have the majority of summer signings in before pre-season because it gives Ten Hag that extra few weeks to work with his players and implement his plan.
7: Uh, Talking about signings then... um where do United do you think need to strengthen? Certainly centre midfield is a, is something that a lot of people alluded to. A centre forward as a backup for, for Ronaldo. We know that the Mason Greenwood investigation is still ongoing. Lots of people are saying centre back also. Pau Torres, you mentioned Timber. But it seems all over the pitch people are calling for people to come in. The, the, the one area I would argue is probably left wing. That doesn't need to be strengthened. Yeah. Sancho was brought in he was finally going to be the guy to fill that right wing slot but he was better on the left so you had Martial you had Rashford you had Sancho and Alanga came through as well all being shunted out into the left where
9: in your opinion is where Manchester United need to strengthen centre midfield has to be number one we needed a we needed a a CDM central defensive midfielder three seasons ago and we still haven't bought one Uh, I think you know we've seen over the last couple of seasons you know the likes of McTominay and Fred and Matic Matic, uh, you know it's just not cutting it really we we need to have a, a, a solid base to work on again this would be just my opinion I think we need two centre midfielders you know and central defensive midfielders obviously Frankie de Jong has been tipped as as the marquee signing he's not really a, a central defensive midfielder he's more so high press pressing high up the field getting involved with play but outside of central midfield centre back has to be the next position you know we have a a Rolls-Royce in in for really? Iran playing there but we have a fridge playing beside him and Harry Maguire you know so I I, I think that's an, another area Do you not know rate Lindelof or I do, I do rate Lindelof I, I think Eric Bailly got a, a really a raw deal he was promised game time if he extended his contract he got an extension on his contract and he never got game time it does look like he's going to leave this summer I wouldn't I wouldn't be against him going because I think he deserves to play first team football but if we're talking about closing the gap to Manchester City and Liverpool I don't think Lindelof really is going to be good enough I think obviously Varane is so I think another centre, centre back is is vital outside of that we do need maybe a full because it looks like Aaron Wan-Bissaka is going to be leaving and going back to Crystal Palace. It looks like on loan at the moment. So there's obviously going to be cover needed there. And then you're looking at, like you said, that right wing position. There is talks about Anthony coming from Ajax and he certainly would fit the mould there. He looks like a, a very talented footballer. Again, like you said, I wouldn't you know, watch the Eredivisie the an awful lot. But... Again, he's a player coming in that's worked under Ten Hag. And if Ten Hag wants him, then we just have to trust the manager's opinion on it.
7: Uh, looking around elsewhere then, you see Tottenham strengthening quite a bit, brought in Perisic, who United chased after for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, they're looking, they've are looking; brought in Basuma as yeah. well. They seem to be making a real go of it with Conte in charge. I've seen Jamie O'Hara actually discussing, saying, if you were a player and Tottenham and Man United came to you, you'd go to Tottenham because it yeah. seems that they're
9: on the up. Would yeah. you agree with that sentiment? I would, 100%. Antonio Conte is a massive draw in that club and the fact now that it does finally seem like the club are going to back the manager that's in place and who better manager to do it now it might only be short term gains as we've seen historically with Conte in the past he doesn't tend to stay at clubs past maybe two or three years but Spurs are desperate to win something they haven't won something I think since the League Cup in 2008 maybe under I think it was Harry Redknapp so I think they're going to be very strong I I think if they can get the signings in that they've been linked with they've obviously signed a couple of very good players so far Basuma I think was an absolute steal from Brighton I know Manchester United were looking at him as well and missed a trick on it I think they could easily be up there maybe if maybe not challenging, I don't think they'll be ju- they'll fall just short uh, to Liverpool and Man City, but I think they could easily get third their are
7: not rivals, strengthening as well. Fabio Vieira coming in, possibly Yuri Teelsman from Leicester. We know Liver. We've talked about the Liverpool and Manchester City thing here on Scoreline quite a bit, and how they're strengthening. Darren, the, the story is going to be Godzilla versus King Kong. Darwin Nunes versus Halland for the rest of the summer. Uh, one before we go, the one concerning thing I would imagine for out of the 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 super league teams i would say chelsea lots of departures you have Christensen gone you have uh, uh, you have Rudiger obviously gone to Real Madrid Marcus Alonso is looking to going and Lukaku wants to leave and you just mentioned Azpilicueta wants to go as yeah. well it's a uh, it's scary time is it?
9: It is I mean it's, it's, it's an unknown period for him given the fact that the ownership of the club has also changed and there hasn't been a lot of talk really on what kind of backing the new owners are going to give the manager they certainly do need a lot of signings in relation to the defensive side of their team I think they are quite strong going forward still they did buy heavily the first year that Frank Lampard was in charge in terms of attacking options so I think they'll be okay going forward in relation to the defence I think they do need a few signings they're after losing two of their centre backs basically the only other uh, I suppose centre back there is Silva and you know he's not he's not a spring chicken by all yeah. sense of the word so absolutely uh, they have about 50 people on loan so they might be <laughs> exactly. able to bring one of them back Jack
7: if people want to uh, get in on this action interact with your channel talk about call you right call you wrong whatever they want to do where can they check it out
9: so we're on YouTube we're on TikTok and we're on Twitch they're the three main uh, platforms that I I do my content on Uh, it's United Community Channel on all three we do uh, transfer talk shows on Monday Wednesdays and Fridays
7: Lovely, and then when games are on as well, you'll be doing like exactly, games.
9: yeah. So once the preseason tour starts in a few weeks' time, we'll be we'll be starting back with the watch-alongs for every United game. Yeah, of the you season. won't
7: even need a subscription to Man United <laughs> TV; just watch Jack on the United Community Channel. Jack, thanks very much for taking the time. Cheers, Sean. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon. After-
0: And finally, we had a great day in UPMC, Nolan Park on Sunday where the coming months golf finals were being held. Here's some of the post-match reaction to those games.
10: Kira Ryan, they're all after shoving you up in front of me. They said you're a right chatterbox and you're a woman to <laughs> pray at, uh, belt out a few words on the radio. You're just after winning the primary school's final with the Roar and the sea. How do you all feel, girls? Uh, good. Great. Yeah, very good. Very
0: happy. Yeah, yeah, very good.
10: So tell us, what was it like to play in the final out there today?
0: Wow. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Like, Brilliant. That the atmosphere was, was crazy. in yeah. Olin Park the crowd was crazy then whenever the Royce sco- scored a goal or point the cheers were like the crowd would erupt in cheers. it was crazy
10: was this your first time playing here in Nolan Park or have you played here before I've no, never
0: played, played here some of us we, yeah. we played we played, I've never we played um, last before. week the two, two weeks ago or something.
10: oh you were part of the goal Games teams that had yeah. playing in this. oh yeah. very good yeah. so, playing so playing which was up, better winning the county uh, final uh, or winning the winning the county final?
0: final
10: so I hear there's a party later on, and everyone is invited to it. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So are you now tell us where's the party going ahead?
0: Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. And it's on in this. I don't know what in time. A in, in a, a sea call Like yeah. Four yeah. it's Yeah. And it's four five. I think. Yeah. <laughs>
10: Well well done. I have a load of girls that's after joining me here besides Kira. Uh, I have, uh, who have I got here? I have Heidi and I have uh, Caitlin and I have Sashka and I also have Louise and finally, but no means least, Avian. So well done, girls. Go and enjoy the celebrations. I'm here with John Donnelly, one of our Kilkenny Senior Hurling Stars, a teacher in a Sieg. And you've just won the school's final, John, with the roar in a Sieg. You must be a happy man.
11: latest oh, yeah, delighted. Um you know when I got involved at the start of the year Mary would have asked me just to, to help out for a few trainings I never, I never thought we'd be in Olin Park and I never thought I'd get to work with a group so talented and um, you know they were brilliant today
10: and you know delighted for them because they're a great bunch and that's the key word they are talent I mean right from the word go from the goalkeeper all the way down to the forwards every one of them played outstanding and to put what was it I think just 3.13 on the scoreboard in the schools final not yeah. by going no Jesus
11: not 3.15 any like I suppose adult team would be happy with that so so um, you yeah, look, they are talented, but you know, since we since we started training, I suppose maybe September we would have, would have done a bit back in school. They were always there. There was never an issue, and they're always brilliant to work
10: with. So you know, I'm just delighted for them today. And for you to be involved with it as well, we know what you're able to do with the senior hurlers. You're now getting ready for an All Ireland semi-final as well. I suppose it's a bit of a relaxing day for you just to be able to go out, coach these girls, instill your experience with them, and I suppose bring the next lot of girls on forward that'll present our represent Kilkenny hopefully in a few years time
11: yeah and I suppose the key for them is that like it's obviously the one today but I think going forward for their club that they have to stay together Um, and I hope they do because as I said they're they're a great bunch and look, I suppose I could use my experience as best I can and hopefully they'll listen to me.
10: Well, you're now going into the All-Ireland semi-final as well. The quarter-finals was on yesterday. You're now going to be facing Clare in the semi-final. How are you looking forward to that?
11: I'm looking forward to it now, two weeks away. We'll try and hard, as hard as we can for the next two weeks and see what happens. Exactly. Well, best of luck with it, John. Nicky Kenny, right.
10: <laughs> winning coach of the Roar and the Sea team. You've just run the Ryan B Primary Schools finals here in UPMC in Orland
12: Park. What an occasion and what a victory for the team. Absolutely, yeah. It is where you want. To be playing finals in Nolan Park and winning them. It's brilliant. One second. One second, one second. It's where you want to be is is in Nolan Park and that's all them girls want to do is hurl. Play in Croke in Nolan Park. Absolutely, yeah. And brilliant to win it. You're in demand here now. They're waiting on a team
10: photograph. They'll have to wait for us. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic for yourself. But I mean, there's a lot of outstanding players out there. But I have to mention your own wearing uh, that was playing centre-forward as well. Yeah. You were telling me she was playing yesterday with the under-14 count team. They it. won the Blitz in Port Lee. She came here today. What an unbelievable talent that that girl is. I mean, I can't wait to see what she's going to be doing when she gets to minor and a hopefully adult level in a couple of years to come?
12: Yeah, all going well. Look, at she's day and night with the ball. Day and night. And for any youngster or any young one, it's, it's all about the practice. It's all about the practice. And she showed it off there today. And and, and and I'm very proud of her at the minute. Now, that's not taken away from the rest of the players. No the rest of the good, players yeah. were, were very, very good and, and, and put in a massive effort there. And and and, it, and they all deserve it. Not just one player. But, but Murn is good. She played yesterday with development squads and, and she, we didn't give her a whole lot of time now to be fair but she did play well as well in that so fair play to her
10: No to be fair it, it was an exceptional team performance yes. there's always individuals that stood yeah. out and she yeah. is I suppose she wouldn't really be a Kenny now when she have you coaching her and Nicky down there as well like I mean two un- dad and an uncle yeah. uh, baiting away with her like it has to be bred into the blood but uh, I mean Ian I still think- your Camogie mad people you know your
12: G hurling mad people Camogie. yeah absolutely Martin hurling and, and Camogie mad and and I must mention her granddad Finton, and father, father Tom is our un- is, is our granduncle so Orlan is in our blood maybe not so much mine but definitely from that side anyway It's not
10: very often that we can say that the Roar in the Stieg has won county finals here in UPMC in Northern Park It's great for yourselves it's great for this girl but what will or girls I should say what will it also do for the parishes because you have the Roar and in the they're now winning a final this will surely instill an awful lot of
12: confidence in the parish I think it's massive Martin I honestly do Hey, them girls like, we'll probably stick together through till to minor at least, and we'll get a good bunch of them probably for for our senior team. And and playing here, winning here, that's massive. And I, I know uh, all the other clubs that are out there, this is where they want to be, and it's probably hard sometimes to get there. But we got there, we're after winning it. I think going forward, that'll keep all them girls because in Komogi, it's seemingly very hard to keep girls playing. Yeah, and, and unless they're getting to the finals in Ingnolan Park, I suppose maybe. I don't know I don't know how you you, 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 you you play that one but but definitely for our girls like that's massive it's, they're, they're going to it's going to keep them hurling at least at least 90% of them I think
10: not taken away from any other venues around but every girl every fella wants to play a primary school final in Nolan definitely,
12: Park it's yeah. the place to be definitely absolutely yeah. I, I would think so and I I, and I was actually afraid a little bit afraid for them that they were going to be nervous but I think they stood up to it and definitely on the scoreboard they did nervous they showed no nerves <laughs> out there at all maybe not no no maybe not Martin thanks a million. Same to the bell. Anyway, Nikki, well done, congratulations, go enjoy the rest of the celebration. Thanks, thanks, Martin. Thanks.
10: Murphy you're the only second female referee in the whole of the county refereeing Camogie games and you've just finished a primary schools final here in UPMC in all in part today how was it like being out in the middle there
13: yeah I think it was great to get the opportunity I suppose to actually officiate a primary schools county final because I think there it's a super competition do you know that's where Camogie really starts for a lot of kids is in the primary school so I think it was great to be able to give something back and great to facilitate the game today
10: well your mum is usually on the sideline involved in St Aidan's for many a year year here on the sideline as well so it's a bit strange to see you out in the middle of the field officiating but did you ever play in a school final here yourself?
13: Yeah I did I was actually fortunate enough we won our school's county final when I was in sixth class and it's something that lives with me still um, like the girls that are on the team and you would know, go to school with them for eight years and then you'll go your separate ways but yeah I know I was fortunate enough to win our county final when I was in sixth class.
10: So tell me which would you rather be now playing now or out refereeing?
13: Oh I don't think anything will take back that day that we I think you were refereeing at Martin- actually um, the year we won it but no nothing to take back that day I think it's a super memory and I know it'll mean so much for all these girls here to have that primary schools medal and to have taken part in the day
10: Yeah well obviously I've never played in a schools final here but I have done several county far schools finals as well refereeing them there's nothing been like in the middle of it especially when you're watching a great game albeit the game you had was probably a bit one sided but you still have to keep your wits about your concentration in the whole lot and you've done a fine job on it and I suppose the fact that you are only the second female referee we'd love to see a few more of them up the whistle and join it because you're still playing camogie yourself with Taller Rome but you still do the obit of refereeing as well
13: yeah I think it's great like I think a lot of people are turned off by you know they're just a bit nervous about it but like I would definitely encourage more people to get involved like once you build up a bit of confidence it just kind of comes naturally and like the great opportunity there to start with underage games and then you build your confidence up but no I do because I love to give something back like when I was playing like underage you know it was always there was a man in the middle of the field and there was never a lady I think when I was underage. Orla McCormack used to do a bit of refereeing, and I just yep. remember her as being the only girl I had never really ever seen. And then Liz came on the scene. But yeah, no, I think it's great. And I, I think before girls kind of got used to it, they'd see me coming and they'd be like, oh my God, there's a girl. Like, do you know, that they were so shocked and surprised by it. But now I think it's just kind of a bit more approachable, especially for smaller kids. Do you know, a familiar kind of a female, I don't know, I think it might be a bit easier for them. Joseph you know got an injury or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So no, I, I love doing it.
10: I know you're still playing, as I said earlier. Kira Murphy in the future right what's the ambition is your ambition to follow in Liz's footsteps and one day get to the hallowed turf of Crow Park and referee and All-Ireland final whether it be junior intermediate or senior is that the plan in a couple of years when you decide to hang up the, the hurl
13: yeah I think that's that's the dream I suppose to actually be up there like Liz you know Liz has really like set the bar so high for all of us and shown I suppose what you can do when you stick with it and like you know when you are good at doing it um, but yeah no that would be the dream I suppose to actually get a fist in Crow Park, it's one thing getting to play, but then the officiating is the whole other side of it. So, yeah, yeah, you never know. Hopefully, in a couple of years' time, or when I exactly when I finish actually playing, it'd be a super thing to get to do. And
10: you have actually played because you played in the All Ireland final last year in Crow Park.
13: Yeah, no, I was fortunate enough to be part of the squad last year. Unfortunately, things didn't go our way on the day, but I suppose the aim is to get to get back there now. I suppose like it was such a, an honour. I was there in 2016 as well, but unfortunately, I wasn't playing that year. But to actually get to play, it's just a whole completely different experience as well so so that's that's the goal and that's the motivation to try to get back there again this year and have another go at it
10: and it's great because we don't often get to speak with the referees after a game but it's great to be able to speak with you and especially the fact that the female academy has been launched now by Crow Park as well that will give hopefully young girls a chance that maybe some girls have been injured or they can't play anymore for whatever reason that they might take up the whistle and follow the pathway along as you say and one day as well aspire to get to Crow Park
13: yeah I think the academy is a great idea because you know it gives the opportunity for training, because that's maybe something that you know mightn't have been there. Joe, it, you know, it might come around once every year, once every two years, and you know the dates might suit certain people. But I think the academy is great. There's great structure. I've actually signed up to go in as kind of a, an experienced kind of referee to go in, because the option is there for both. You know, if you've done a small bit or if you're only starting from scratch. Um, and I think it's a great, like you know, you'll be learning from the best. And fair play for organising something and trying to promote and recruit female referees.
10: You never know. You could have me assessing you one day in Crow Park.
13: I never know if that will be the day, Martin.
10: <laughs> anyway, it's. Great great to have a female out there you've done a fantastic job on it and we certainly wish you the very best of luck in the rest of your playing career because it's still a few years to go yet and then in the refereeing career later
13: thanks very much Martin.
10: I'm joined here by joint captain of the St Anne's team here in UPMC, Nolan Park. They've just come away with victory in the primary school's final. Marae, how do you feel after that? Uh,
0: great. I'd like to thank everyone who came and I'd like to thank the coaches for all their help and support and our uh, supporters and the schools, Johnstown and Crosspatrick and Galmai. And I'd like to thank all our sponsors. <laughs>
10: woman you're leaving no one out he scored six goals in the game today this fella here beside me was like a, a madman on the sideline shouting encouragement the whole time what's he like having uh, in the training
0: yeah he's great support he always wants to help us get everywhere and get over the line
10: and you've shared giant captain's role with baby Béveen, good day for the team from St Anne's today. Primary school victory. You'll go along now and celebrate. How do you feel after that?
0: Uh, yeah, I feel really good and proud of us all.
10: Good one. You have a big panel, girls. So I suppose there's a lot of competition for places. But you were out there and you were leading from the front today. Happy women going home later on.
0: Yeah. yeah.
10: <laughs> all right. Well, well done. Go celebrate it. Ciao. I said you were a madman on the sideline you probably were but it was all good I know that your passion for the game of Komogi is instilled onto all them girls out there but what a victory here today with them
14: Yeah it was, it was great Mark and it was great to see, the, to see that um, the work that they put in all the time um, it's, it, at this stage with the little girls they keep asking me come on can we train again can we train tonight I they want to train every night so I mean it's tremendous when you get that sort of spirit into a team it's it's wonderful it, does, it, it just makes it easy then
10: You never have that much problem with girls that age group anyway they only want to go out and they want to play but what an occasion here in UPMC in Olin Park today. Great for the girls to be able to get in here. And I suppose it was a bit comfortable for E in the end up against Connahy, but you were just too strong for him. you had an awesome display.
14: Yeah, we had a great display Martin, but but I, I can I know I know I mean Connie are a good team as well. The, maybe the occasion got to him we got a couple of early scores and in in, in you know in Camogie and in un- school Camogie, if you get a few scores early on it's in trying to dishearten the other team. But I mean just when you go back when you say about, about um Playing in Northern Park. I couldn't get over We had a really tight game with Post Town in the semi final, and when the game was over, it stuck in my mind that the little girls from Post Town came over and said to our girls, Well done, girls, and it's in the great three, now you can play in Northern Park. And that just sums up what little girls think of Northern Park.
10: There's a lot of girls never get the chance to play here, so it's great for Year girls, especially in St. Tans. What's this going to do for the parish now having a win in the schools competition?
14: Well, it's just going to hopefully it'll, um, you know, we had a lot, we had a, we had a big panel today, but I mean, we were down third class or fourth class because we were tight in numbers so it, it'll give those girls great encouragement to keep playing and improve their skills
10: Perfect, well, cha, well done on today and best of luck for the rest of the year Thanks Martin Thanks very much Rachel and Isabella, two girls from the Tolloher schools that has just won the primary schools county final here in Nolan Park. Isabella, you just came back from your holidays yesterday. Was that pre-planned?
0: Not really. <laughs> no. It
10: was a good holiday cut short, though. So you must be delighted that you're after winning here today.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I'm so happy. What
10: about you, Rachel? Oh, yeah, very really happy for Isabella as well when she came back to win it's great for the parish of Tallahur and yourselves black and amber team playing in Nolan Park here today no better feeling what was it like playing on the hallowed turf here today
0: um, it was kind of
13: um, um, it was kind of tricky because you're on like a new pitch that you've only played on once before and you're kind of nervous because there's lots of people there
10: <laughs> Isabella what
13: um, with you I was really excited knowing that like
0: the actual Kilkenny team in other counties have already played in this pitch so I was just really Happy that we got to play here.
10: So, tell us now what's the plan for the afternoon after winning?
0: Going to Mackie D's.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, and plan for later on? Or can you say?
0: I think we're going to Paddy Ryan's pub.
10: oh well no better fella to support her well done Mick O'Gorman I suppose a Wexford man training a Kilkenny team and winning a school's final here in Nolan Park today you must be a happy boy
15: yeah yeah I mean Wexford have had a lot of luck up here in Nolan Park lately anyway so I was <laughs> confident enough for coming up <laughs> I know no in fairness they're, they're an absolutely astounding bunch of girls and uh, they had the Mini Sevens win earlier in the year um, but uh, no just a great bunch of girls and they work really really hard for each other uh, so it's great to get, see them get their award today you know?
10: I probably refereed a couple of these girls games already this year so I knew they were something special when you see them playing but Erlingford put it up to you for part of that game there especially towards the second half but you showed your class you just pulled away from them in the end
15: Yeah, I suppose we we were kind of lucky in that we got the goals early I think if we hadn't got the goals early we would have been in serious trouble because Erlingford were like as you said, you've refereed a few of our games and we probably, the scoreline flattered us in a couple of the games I know Glenmore gave us a serious tough, tough game a couple of months, a couple of weeks ago, but I mean, Erlingford put really, really put it up to our girls, and I could see the girls were, you know, reeling from the the couple of scores they got kind of in the middle portion of the game. So yeah, we got the few goals at the end. Of Carly made put put the glass on it, but it was far from uh, an easy an easy win. You know, the scoreline maybe flatters us a bit in the end, but they, in fairness, Erlingford they really, really put it off to, up to us. By far the toughest game of the year. You know,
10: what will this do now for the school? Because we know Tullerhurst is a small community down there. they are small schools for the girls to go and win a primary schools final it's something special to achieve
15: yeah no it really will it really will because there has been a small bit of success with the lads over the last couple of years but the girls um, are getting getting to show them up this year I can only speak for my own school in St. Canis and ross like we'd have a demographic of maybe uh, a lot of children who uh, would be from uh, Eastern European backgrounds Syrian backgrounds so it would be great to bring the trophy in spur a few of them on maybe to join the J club and hopefully it'll have a lasting impact over the next couple of years you know
10: so i took away man to come into a Kilkenny school to win a final and show up the boys. Ah uh, well, we we won't say that, but I mean we have had a lot of success here, you know. <laughs> and this going forward now, I mean, are you losing many from the sixth class girls going forward now to next um, year?
15: We're we're losing a couple. We're losing a couple, but uh, there is a good there's a good uh, good five six seven or eight I might say that'll be able to play next year, you know. Uh, so we'd be confident enough maybe next year giving it another rattle, you know. Maybe in a different we could even end up in a different grade. You wouldn't know, but uh, no, there's a couple. Of six girls and move on to secondary school but uh, no we won't uh, we won't rest in our laurels we'll go at it again
10: next year you know well well done go enjoy the celebrations Uh, with. thanks very much
15: thanks very much
0: that's all for Scoreline Extra for this week don't forget you can catch the live show every Saturday and Sunday from 2pm my name is Sinead Kyo, and I'll chat to you again next week